0: For you to be your best self, and for you to accomplish everything you want, you need to be clear in your head. On one side, I had pressure from my mom to be the best Christian in the world, and regardless of what I was doing, I was never a good enough Christian for her. And then when I got into the corporate world, there was more, um, you need to do this, you need to be like this, you need to do this, you need to be like this, you need to do this. You I need- have to build my life on my own. They looked at me like I didn't have any problems, When in all actuality, I was drowning inside. So like, why can't I just be left alone? Really developing the communication skills to try to navigate yourself. It's like every single part of you interacting with people, there are expectations that they place on you. Welcome to Connecting the Dots. I'm your host Jessica White and today we're gonna dive into causes of anxiety and overthinking and how to overcome both of them. Um, The reason why this is so important is because for you to be your best self and for you to accomplish everything you want whether it's your personal aspirations or career aspirations you need to be clear in your head and one of the many things that plagues all of us is anxiety and overthinking so i'm gonna walk through what i've personally done to overcome my anxiety and overthinking um i would say i probably started developing anxiety a little bit in college not so much but really 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 when i started working in corporate america and there are so many different reasons why anxiety even starts or why it becomes, I, w- I would say, more crippling um, where you end up in a place where you just become paralyzed. So with anxiety, you have social interactions that can cause anxiety. You have, um, you know, feeling overwhelmed, or even you may even have a nutri- nutrient deficiency. Please check with your doctor though before you self-diagnose, but let's dive into a couple of the causes of anxiety and and I'll have a more personal approach to walk through what kind of built up with my anxiety. Um, I I would say it wasn't something that just like sparked right away. It it was this interaction, this interaction, this interaction, this interaction, and then over the years, over time, it started to internalize it and then it just turned into a uh, I would say, like, an automatic program that was just going on. It was just my way of being. And so, like, let's dive into, let's say, some social interactions, right? So, friends and family and your parents and everything. Um, I would say for myself, that contributed to some of my anxiety. Uh, so, on one side, I had pressure for my mom to be the best Christian in the world and regardless of what I was doing, I was never a good enough Christian for her. So there was always that peace in the back of my head whenever I would interact with my mom. Then with my dad, um, it was just trying to make him proud, right? He always wanted me to become a doctor because he's a doctor. And so there was always that expectation, like I need to become a doctor or I need to make as much money as him. So there was always that pressure um, from a teenager, like I need to make as much money as my dad or more. just because I think, you know, he, he, both of my parents, they, they immigrated from Jamaica and um, both of them, they didn't have much. So they, they built up their lives here in America. And I understand where my dad was coming from, where, you know, he had sacrificed so much to try to get to where he is today. And he wants his children to do better because we were born here. But as a teenager, I was like, why is he putting me putting so much pressure on me to, I need to make at least, you know, like $500,000. So I'm thinking about this at like 17. I'm like, okay, I need to figure out how to make $500,000 so that my dad will be proud of me. So, you know, you, you start replaying those conversations in your head and you start putting those expectations on yourself because of your parents. And it's a repeating message that they're saying over and over and over and over and over and over. And so then it's just like, okay, all right, let me, let me try to do this so that, you know, in X amount of years, I'll be able to make $500,000. Let me do this so I can make a lot of money. So it's like, I, had constant ha- I constantly had pursuits in my head or even tr- actively tried to pursue different avenues to meet that expectation of trying to make $500,000. Um, so that was one aspect of my anxiety, but I feel like I, it wasn't crippling so much. But then when I got into the corporate world, there was more, um, you need to do this, you need to be like this, you need to do this, you need to be like this, you need to do this, you need to be like constant, constant, constant repetition of basically how I need to change so many things about myself in order to meet someone else's expectations for whatever they deem as successful or good enough. So you see, it's like kind of like a little bit of a snowball that I was going through. So first it started with my parents, like, okay, I need to change this about myself. I need to make sure I do this about myself. Okay, now I'm in corporate. All right, I need to change this about myself. I need to do this about myself. It's like all those little suggestions on how I can improve as a person that was not intrinsic to myself and my own goals, just started as a small seed. And then it slowly started to snowball into just how my mind started to work. And so with the constant critique and constant expectations from my, my family, and then from corporate, it was just led into the overthinking of my behavior. And then you have the other aspect of anxiety, causes of anxiety, which is social interactions. Okay, So um, I don't like to always try to dive into uh, my appearance like a, a black woman, but social interactions, right? I could be walking down the street and because I'm a black woman, I'm a black woman, people will tell me to smile. When I'm not angry, I'm not any type of way, I'm just in my own head, thinking about whatever I wanna think about, Not interacting with anybody. I just want to do my thing, navigate through the world. And some stranger comes up to me and tells me to smile. I don't want to smile, you know, like, you know, so it's like, I have, you know, critique from my, my family and then strangers on the street would tell me to smile when I'm not interacting with anybody. So like, why can't I just be left alone and not smile? I don't have to smile. So it's like those type of social interactions from strangers. Then you have social interactions from your friends and your friends don't mean any harm like you know they they your friends are your friends I think it's um natural human behavior but essentially it would be like Jess let's do this Jess let's do that Jess let's do this Jess let's do that oh you don't call me oh this or you know your friends put expectations on you too and It's like every single part of you interacting with people, there are expectations that they place on you. And one off, two off, three offs is fine. But when you're constantly going through this day over day, week over week, month over month with people that want you to do things that you may not necessarily want to do, you might be minding your own business, this starts putting in seeds in your head like, oh, Maybe I should be like this, or maybe I should just do what my friends say, or maybe I should just, you know, so then you start to self-doubt and the self-doubt is what allows overthinking to come in. So that's just my personal experience of social expectations, which led up to my anxiety. The next piece is feeling overwhelmed. Um, I didn't feel so overwhelmed in high school I think it's, I felt somewhat overwhelmed in college a bit uh, just simply because of my workload between being pre-med and then um, being pre-med, studying economics, and then also having contingencies in the back of my head just in case I didn't want to go to medical school, right? So like internships and making sure I'm building up my resume so that I'm able to get a job. And know I think at that time it was okay because it was like the norm so I didn't really feel so overwhelmed it was just something I had to get through but I would say I think that's the term adulting Um, (laughs) so basically transitioning from college to becoming an adult and supporting myself like fully right I would say I graduated college I went into my master's and then um i was still living with families but i really 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 wanted to get my own place um and i felt stuck for a a bit of time because um the job I, i had at the time didn't provide me enough money so i could live on my own um and then you know living with family as well you still have those social interactions and those social pressures which gets to your psyche right um because other people want you to behave how they want you to behave and so uh, the feeling of being overwhelmed really started when I got my own place and really saw like, okay, I don't have anybody to ask for for help. I have to build my life on my own. And then you couple that with friends and, and family who don't quite understand where you are in your journey, or, you know, they may still be in school and you're working. And so they look at you like, "Oh, you're working. Like you should have so much money, but, they don't understand because they're still living off of financial aid and you know their parents support them and so on and so forth so then with trying to get on your own two feet and you're trying to support yourself and then on top of it like i had no idea how to really manage money either right so then you know i I furnished my apartment with walmart you know thank god for walmart because your girl <laughs> you know it really came through with the prices uh, i don't know about a nowadays economy but back then like you know i furnished my apartment from walmart craigslist um you know and then and then where i worked, i had to keep up appearances so So, you know, making sure I had quality clothes to wear and stuff. So, you know, I I was feeling overwhelmed because at that time I started racking up some credit card debt. I felt like I was just making ends meet and then, you know, can't look like I'm poor at work. I have to still keep up those appearances. And then, you know, some of my friends who are still in school, you know, still in college or, or at their master's program always wanting to go out when it's like, no, I, I, I really just want to, you know, try to take care of myself and not go out, you know? And then, um, so, so it's just all these things I had to juggle on my own. And then on top of it, where I was working was a high pressure, high fast paced environment. Right. So making sure that I keep up with that. And many times i worked lots of hours. I would probably say average I worked was 50, 60 hours a week. um, just to stay on top of all my work and then still try to develop my skills and then still try to perform. So it's there was very, very, very minimal sense of relief or sense of, okay, I got this because it felt like I had to balance all these things at the same time so that I can meet the goal of of making $500,000 by whatever age, let's say, 35, because that's when some of my friends from from Stony Brook, you know, would would finish um, uh, uh, their medical school and doctor journey, like all these pressures that I had in my head. um, And then also, I think what really affected me was the fact that I had the the bit of people pleasing, right? So um, and then the people pleasing also came from feeling not good enough, right? So it's like growing up, getting constant critique constant critique, then you have all the social pressure, social interactions. So it's just this loop of, okay, I need to change this. I need to do this. I need to change this. I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. Going on over and over and over and on my head made me feel very, very overwhelmed. Um, and the type of person I I, I was, uh, I internalized that overwhelmness because I also had friends who were going through some other things and For whatever reason, um, the friends I had, they looked at me like I didn't have any problems when in all actuality I was drowning inside. Um, I would say there was probably like a small handful of people that I was able to talk to, very, very small, very, very small. But even that was like periodical, right? It was when they would actually notice because at the same time with people pleasing and all that stuff, like I didn't know how to ask for help and I didn't know how to properly communicate my 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 wants and my needs and boundaries and, and things of that nature, right? So, so it's like, I don't want to say I wasn't equipped for all these things, but I kind of wasn't. It's like, I had to kind of figure it out as I go along. So, that's also the reason why I'm, I'm putting out these videos so that, you know, for those of you who are able to relate, like, there are so many skills that you can develop within yourself. You don't have to go through life you know through all these years of just feeling all this pressure from so many people like there are tools and ways of looking at life and and different approaches you can take so that you don't have to go through what i went through you don't have to feel this internal mental battle right there would be so many times where i would just like be by myself and just cry because like i did not know what to do i i didn't know who to turn to um You know, even with therapy, like there, you know, there are times I I I would do therapy as well, just to have some type of outlet, and it would help, like here and there. But it's, I think it's really developing the communication skills to try to navigate yourself, Um, and even even just, I think it's just managing yourself in general. Um, I don't think we're taught that, right And I feel like a, a lot of us go through trial and error with how to basically navigate through life. Um, so that was one, um, that was one, one bit of how I was feeling overwhelmed and how that you know also contributed to my anxiety. Um, I, you know it feels like it was like a chaotic storm going on in my head and then on the outside I'm like this you know so no one really knew what i was going through um and then also i was the strong person for my friends as well um i don't know maybe maybe that's just how i wanted to project myself like i didn't want people to see that i was struggling right um maybe because there there was the stereotype of trying to be a strong black woman right I don't know. I just, I don't know. It's just drowning on the inside. Uh, And then there, with with some of the other causes of anxiety, we can go into the nutrient deficiencies. Um, I actually did have one. Um, They say that, get your blood check also, but they say that um, some, some vitamin or nutrient deficiencies that can cause anxiety is uh, B3, magnesium, vitamin D, iron, omega-3 zinc and antioxidants, so those are just a couple, you can research um, some other nutrients that may cause uh, anxiety. But before you self-diagnose, just definitely get your blood checked, because when I first started out, I did get my blood checked, and I was deficient in um, iron, as well as vitamin D, right? So that also, like, affected my energy levels and everything like that. So. um I would say like over the years as far as like nutrients and trying to take care of yourself uh, I would definitely say the times where I was eating out more drinking more, all those social interactions just doing all of the you know like not sleeping well, That definitely, I would feel a lot more anxiety and a lot more pressure during those times, but it's like you get into a vicious cycle because you're like, okay, but I'm stressed out, I wanna hang out with my friends, or I'm stressed out, I just wanna drink, that's the only way I can cope. Yeah, for the short term, but in long term, you're actually messing yourself up even more, right? Because alcohol messes up your stomach, and if your stomach's messed up, you can't absorb nutrients. And then also, if you're eating out, so you're eating out and you're drinking alcohol, like you're just messing up the whole inside. So you're not able to really um, um, take in the nutrients that your body needs, right? And so um, I went on a vitamin D supplement. I made, I took the time to go outside more as well. Um, and then also, I started incorporating fruits in my diet. There's like a whole, there's like a whole other subject about you know how you should eat and all that stuff that I could talk about as well that was a whole journey, but I found, I found that when I'm, when I'm balancing out my diet, of course, you know, you can go out here and there and everything like that. But if you're going out every single day, drinking every single day, that is definitely going to affect your mental health. Um, and definitely things are going to be off balance because essentially you're not giving your body what it needs in order to be its optimal self. Right. So definitely look into your, your vitamins and minerals, um, and even when you go to the doctor, like some doctors, they don't do a full panel of all of your nutrients, right? So in my experience, whenever I went, there's there's two different types of doctors. There's the MD doctor and then there's the DO doctor. So when I would go to a DO doctor, they were definitely more holistic and um, more thorough with the type of blood work that they would do to really make sure you don't have any deficiencies. And then also, do doctors are more inclined to let's say prescribe a supplement um, over a prescription? Um, they're more inclined to help you with root causes. And then also, yes, with my uh, with the low iron, I had to make sure I regularly either ate steak or you know take a iron supplement. Um, so those, those, I definitely noticed a difference in myself when I stopped drinking as much. I would eat home more and then also incorporate fruits, fruits and vegetables into my diet, as well as nuts and seeds and, and, and things like that. And then the last thing that causes um, anxiety that I wanna touch on is your environment, right? So, uh, You know, I think it's quite unfortunate that a majority of us have grown up in an environment that is not conducive to us being our best self. And it's not even intentional sometimes, you know, you're just thrown in a place where people don't even realize what they're doing to you, right, just because they have their own issues that they have to go through, right? So you can have, so, you know, there's the abusive household, violent neighborhood, or an aggressive workplace, just an example of different types of environments that could um, cause anxiety and overthinking. Um, so like for myself, I was in, you know, the, for myself, there was a period in my childhood where it was close to being abusive, um, very, very close to being abusive, um, you know, and it's like when you're in that type of household you just want to make yourself small and go away and not be seen, right? Um, you, it's, you feel like you have no escape. You feel trapped. Um, and I remember just thinking about, like, how can I get out of here? How can I get out of here? How can I get out of here? Right? And that's, like, the only thing you're focusing on. And lo and behold, you start developing, like, you know, survival mechanisms in order to How get out of here, get out of here, get out of here, whether it's mentally, just disassociate from your environment or physically just trying to escape. And so when so especially when you're going through these as a child, it's like you're you're it's like uh it's like you know, when they start programming a a cell phone or programming a, a computer, you're you're getting in all these programs in your head of how you need to navigate life because you're just experiencing this as a child while your brain is still forming, right? So for me it's like I just wanted to, you know, I I didn't have an outlet. So that's probably where my internalization started, right? I didn't really have anybody to talk to who understood and um and and didn't have any outlet at that time. So 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 being in an abusive household, I mean, it's it's a difficult situation. Um, and it's very, 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 very hard to try to be your best self because all you're focusing on is surviving. Then you have, let's say, you're in a violent neighborhood. You know, thankfully, I did not grow up in a violent neighborhood, but I did grow up in Baltimore, and 15 minutes was the city. And so I completely understand violent neighborhoods. Um, you know, driving past it almost every other day, right? Um, and that's very, very hard to escape because if you're living in a violent neighborhood, that means most likely your household is not making much money. Um, you know, your household may be broken and you are most likely not exposed to positive avenues to, to get out of a violent neighborhood. You probably feel like there is no other way. You probably feel like this is the norm, right? For to hear gunshots all the time or, you know, or, or to see, you know people on drugs on the street you, you you normalize it but you know what it's not normal it's not good for you to be in that type of environment um, and it definitely makes you process and look at the world in a different light compared to someone who was never exposed to growing up in a violent neighborhood right? so you know that immediately puts in extra survival extra set of fears that you have to try to overcome right you know just the, the idea of walking outside of your house just hoping that you're safe no one's gonna rob you you're not gonna get shot no one's gonna kidnap you or anything like that that's a whole nother level of, of survival that you you know as an adult let's say you're an adult now you had to overcome and it still probably plagues you to this day right because you set up your thinking patterns in that an extreme level of survival right where you know changing your mentality from survival to thriving is such a hard mountain to overcome and the more unfortunate situation that you start out with in life the harder and you don't even know that it's possible to even think to have a mentality of i can thrive i don't have to go through this and then the other piece is um you know an aggressive workplace it could be aggressive aggressive where people are just blatantly you know disrespectful rude racist or whatever towards you or it could be passive aggressive right where you don't know why someone is acting this way you don't know why you know you get excluded from things you don't know right where it's just a passive aggressive environment right and so then when you're in a workplace where you feel that let's say you know you don't have any other options or the job market is not looking good or you just feel trapped then you know you're still in that survival mentality you're not gonna be able to look at things like okay how can i be my best self no you're gonna be in a state of mind where it's like okay what do i need to do to just get through this day and so all all of these little situations all of these little pieces all these environments all the social interactions the feeling of overwhelm how you talk to yourself all of that leads up to overthinking right causes of overthinking is a symptom of your mental state which should be anxiety depression or whatever and so then Because you've been in this cycle of just negative interactions, you really haven't had anything to uplift you and say, yes, you can do this. You can get out of that situation. You can, you know, do a great job at this project or you can, you know, find a higher paying job. You're just stuck in a loop, just overthinking, overthinking, overthinking because you have no sense of relief. You have no relief mentally because of all the the things that's going on in your environment and then how you're talking to yourself on the inside is just overthinking, right? Just looping, 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 looping where you feel trapped. And it's just crazy because anxiety and overthinking will literally make you become paralyzed and you do nothing to um, to get out of that situation just because you're thinking about what if this, what if that, what if this, what if that. It just thinking about all the negative things that could happen if you do decide to do something because you've just been stuck in a loop and you've been experiencing negative situations, negative interactions over and over and over, where at some point you kind of feel hopeless. Right. Um, so that was a very, 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 um, I guess, in-depth overview and examples of the causes of anxiety that I've gone through. Um, And, you know, some other people have gone through as well. And now I want to get into steps you can do to reduce your anxiety and reduce your overthinking. So because anxiety is something that um, essentially causes overthinking, overthinking is just a symptom of something's not right within, right? Right. So I just wanna go over like a couple of things that I've done to help me reduce my anxiety. Um, and, then, and then just go through some stuff for uh, overthinking as well. So for reducing your anxiety, prioritize your physical health. Take care of your body. I can't emphasize this enough. And it doesn't even have to be like, you know, you have to be a super fitness guru or fitness person. You don't have to hit the gym every single day. I'm not here to tell you that. But I'm here to tell you, like, okay, at least take five minutes out of your day just to walk. Five minutes out of your day just to move your body, get your blood flowing, right? Just something to to tell your brain, like, there's more going on than just the negative interactions that i'm having so when you move your body your, your brain will get the endorphins so it'll be some type of happy chemical that will go to your brain just five minutes a day you could even just give yourself a, a head massage just something it could be a, you know you could stretch walk do some jumping jacks just something to move your body and to let your brain know that hey everything's going to be okay and to give your brain some type of sense of relief And, you know, what you'll find is you'll be like, oh, this actually felt really good. And you'll start doing it more and more and more on your own. The next thing is to choose food options with the least amount of ingredients. So I know that it's really, really hard in certain situations to eat the organic food or to eat, you know, the most highest quality food. But there are more options now where, you know, just you don't even need to know what the ingredients are. But just look how big the ingredients paragraph is so if you want a waffle if you're if you're buying waffles for breakfast or something like that there's different brands choose the brand that has the shortest paragraph of ingredients and then just go from there right like we don't have to make it anything complicated but just swap things out because you have no idea what any of those chemicals are doing to your body you have no idea like i don't even know you know and why eat something that's basically lab food right You wanna eat things that are as closely produced from the earth as possible. We came from the earth, we should eat what's from the earth. There's no reason to eat chemical food. Um, So just choose the food options with the least amount of ingredients, right? Um, And then even swapping things out. Grilled food is better than fried food. Um, There's so many things that are fired today. Because you have no idea what that oil is. You have no idea where they got that oil from. They could put in oil that was from some industrial manufacturing company and they're just recycling it to a food company because it's cheaper. And that's real practices. People literally recycle industrial manufacturing nasty oil. They'll process it a lot. And then put it into the food just because that type of oil is cheaper. It's a byproduct of making, let's say, a car, right? Just an example. So, grilled food is definitely better than fried food. Um, Home cooked food is better than restaurant food. Again, a lot of these, especially chain restaurants, they try to save money, they try to save costs. So, they'll buy the cheapest ingredients, especially when it comes to oils, right? So home cooked food is better than restaurant food. And then also try to eat some type of fruits or vegetables, which is better than nothing. Just even if you don't like vegetables or like fruit, just find one fruit that you like and go from there. Because again, it's from the earth. Why would God provide all these things from the earth if you're not eating it? Like it's not gonna, you won't benefit from eating just lab food so you really need to take care of your inside as well and just take it just just take it simple Um, if you guys want to have more videos about how to go about choosing right foods let me know and i can have a whole other episode of things i've done in my journey when it comes to food but this is just some simple practices and then you could worry about portion sizes later but just choose better ingredients first, and then later on, you you can figure out the whole portion size things later. That's not as important right now. All right, the next thing is to make sure you get your blood work done to make sure there's no nutrient deficiencies. I did touch about that earlier, but definitely go to some type of clinic or lab, or if you can, go to a DO doctor to get a very thorough blood work, get your blood work done in a very thorough way, just to make sure that there's nothing off. Right, because if you're having all these mental issues, sometimes that's just a symptom of your body saying, "Hey, I need something. You're not giving it to me, so I'm gonna just make you feel like you're crazy." Right. So, definitely, 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 make sure you have no nutrient deficiencies. And then um, another thing, you know, with anxiety and overthinking, you you feel like super tense. You can't sleep sometimes. You have insomnia. I definitely struggled with that. Like the there were so many times where. You know, I felt like my neck and my shoulders just so stiff just from all the anxiety I was going in. So I wore it in my my shoulders. So I would just be like this all the time, right? So, um, you know, there's lots of teas and different things out there to help you feel more relaxed. So whatever, like if you can just explore some herbal teas, Um, you can buy some really cheap ones from Walmart, Amazon or anything like that. Um, let me know if you want suggestions on some herbal teas that I drink, um, to help you just feel more relaxed. There's also some supplements to help you feel more relaxed. Granted, I think like those are more temporary, you know, short-term relief, but again, it's better than nothing. So, um, explore some herbal teas and those also help with the antioxidants as well. And then definitely get more sleep, get more sleep you know, suffering with anxiety and overthinking was like almost impossible for me to fall asleep sometimes. So do whatever you need to do to try to get more sleep, right? If you need to take sleeping pills for some time, do it. If you need to get a Xanax prescription to get more sleep, do it, whatever, just get more sleep. Because sleeping, even if it's a facilitated way of falling asleep is better than not sleeping at all. Sleeping is basically gives your your body a chance to process everything that was that was going on in the day as well as detox things that was going on in the day and um you know there's there's lots of lots and lots of benefits of just getting more sleep right i don't have everything in front of me right now but um definitely definitely get more sleep i know it made a tremendous difference for myself um, when i really started to prioritize my sleep even to this day like sometimes sometimes i'll i'll find myself like you know, trying to become a night owl again, but I still have morning obligations. So, you know, I definitely feel off in those days where I'm not getting as much sleep as I need to do. Um, and then, you know, a really, really, really big thing that helped with um, my anxiety, it was actually developing communication skills. I did not have communication skills. I did not know how to ask for help. I did not know how to set boundaries. I did not know how to communicate how I feel, why I feel a certain way, just because I internalized things and always wore a smile on my face. So with communication skills, you have to express how you feel if you have a safe space right away. You have to let whoever is doing whatever whatever to you, you have to let them know how they're making you feel. You don't have to necessarily say, you did this, you, 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 you. You definitely don't want to point your finger and do like that to anybody because that starts an argument, right? But, you know, when you're able to say, hey, you're making me feel really bad about myself or, hey, you're making me feel like I'm not good enough, that's going to allow the other person to take a step back and be like, oh. I had no idea I was doing this to you, hopefully. Sometimes that's not always the case, but hopefully, hopefully, that will allow the other person to start being more aware of how they're treating you. And and even if they don't change their behavior, you're still starting to speak up for yourself, which is important, right? So if they don't change their behavior, you keep speaking up for yourself, if it's a safe space. Keep speaking up for yourself, keep speaking up for yourself, keep speaking up for yourself, because then it's gonna you're gonna start to empower yourself and you're gonna start to feel good on the inside about yourself because like hey i finally protected myself and so definitely as soon as someone makes you feel a certain way let them know right away because the longer you wait to um say something you're going to normalize their behavior with how they're treating you. And it's just going to become harder and harder and harder to address that and to change that behavior. The next thing is to ask for help, um, even if you feel like you shouldn't have to ask the other person for help. And I think that was a huge lesson I've learned as an adult that, you know, you may feel that, you know, I shouldn't have to tell this person X, Y, and Z because he should already know or she should already know. They, you know, kind of making them read your mind, but that's just not how life works. You have to tell the other person to do X, Y, and Z if you've seen that they've never done X, Y, and Z, even though you want them to, right? And it's gonna be a constant repetition, repetition because that's how people learn is through repetition. Just because you speak up for yourself one time or you ask for help one time, it's not gonna be an automatic behavior from the other person. And if you're expecting a certain behavior from another person or if you really want help from the other person, you have to say something because at the end of the day, the other person is not suffering. The other person is just fine. You're the one that's suffering, so you're the one that needs to speak up. You have to stand up for yourself, right? And that took me a long, 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 long time to, to, to learn that. Um, and, you know, sometimes you can't even tell or speak up to another person right away, right? So maybe take some time to look in the mirror and start practicing speaking up for yourself. You know, even for, even for me, like looking in the mirror and saying, hey, Jess, you're doing a great job today. That's awkward. It felt really uncomfortable. I did not, like, <laughs> it felt really, really weird. But... When you just start doing it over and over and over, you really start seeing and you really start believing in yourself and you, and you start thinking like, yes, I am doing a good job. Yes, I can speak up for myself. Yes, I am confident. And then when you start developing that, 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 that beam of confidence and beam, beam of self-assurance within yourself, it becomes much, much easier to just go to the other person and say, hey, you make me feel this way, can you stop? Or, hey, can you help me with this? And you're able to do it over and over. And you and you won't take it personal because you know that's just how they are, right? And the last thing um, as far as steps to reduce your anxiety as it relates to your environment, leave. Leave. Leave your environment. Leave. And I know that <laughs> when you first think about that, it's like, what what do you mean leave? What do you mean? I can't leave because of this. I can't leave because of that. But... I guarantee you, um, if you do this exercise where, you know, you write out, you write out, how can I leave this environment on a piece of paper? And you write down 20 answers to that question. Your brain will come up with creative ways of how you're able to leave your environment. Right. So, and, 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 At the end of the day, we're responsible for taking care of ourselves. No one is going to take care of you how you can take care of yourself. So if you're in an environment that is not suiting you, that you know is not good for you, leave. Leave as soon as you can. Um, because it's very, very, very hard to change yourself when you're still in an environment that is causing the triggers. You want to remove yourself from that environment or find some type of an escape where you cannot be triggered and not keep, you know, solidifying the same thought process that you're trying to get out of, right? So the best way is to try to leave your environment. Sometimes changing, changing. I mean, maybe sometimes people can change within your environment, um, but I would definitely focus and, and meditate and pray on how can I leave my environment? How can I change jobs? How can I change neighborhoods? How can I do this? How can I do that? And if you really, really, really focus on, on, on how you can leave a certain situation, you'll find opportunities that will start to pop up and come your way for you to leave your environment. Uh, That's definitely what happened for me. Granted, leaving an environment may not have been on the timeline that I wanted, but at the end of the day, I did leave that environment. Um, So that's also like another thing to keep in mind. Just stay focused on your end goal of leaving an environment. And the time, you know, of course, is going to vary, but it will happen eventually. It will happen for sure. If that's your goal, it will happen. If that's your goal and you're working towards it and you're planning and you're, you're praying and you're, you're doing everything you can do to try to leave your environment, it will happen. So that's with, so those are the steps to reduce your anxiety. So prioritize your physical health. And, um, develop communication skills and leave your environment. So those are the top three things that you should do to try to reduce your environment, uh, to, re- to reduce your anxiety. And then the last thing was steps to reduce overthinking. Honestly, the only remedy to reduce overthinking is just to act. You have to do something. You have to just act, 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 right? Okay, so with overthinking, let's say that um, you know, I don't know, let's let's do some type of hypothetical situation where let's say you want to ask your manager for a raise because you've been performing really well and you're just thinking, 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 what if this, what if that, what if this, what if that, what if this, what if that? You're never going to ask your manager for a raise if you just keep thinking, what if that? What if this? What if that? What if this? What if that? So your best bet is just to research how to ask my manager for a raise, and you'll come across lots of different strategies. You can practice in the mirror of how to have the conversation, or it's better to have an in-person conversation for asking for a raise, or if you're remote, you know, face-to-face conversation, um, if it's through Zoom or Teams or whatever on your raise. And that's the only way you'll know if you will get a raise or not, right? Is by having a conversation and acting on it, right? And you just nip it right there in the butt right there. Because, you know, there's no more what ifs because you can have a million what if scenarios when you're overthinking. And the only way to have a for sure scenario is just to act and have a conversation with your manager if you want to raise. Um, the next thing is overthinking about s- switching jobs, right? You could want to leave your jobs for various reasons, but then you also convince yourself to stay in your job for various reasons. like oh i need to be at least i need to be in my job for at least two years oh i need to do this oh i need to do this so like i i won't be successful in the next job oh i have to start from scratch oh blah 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 blah, blah, blah. right by the end of the day you know that you want to change jobs so if you just come up with all these excuses as to why you need to stay you will stay right but if you start acting and start doing things like okay how can i get another job okay let me start by um fixing my resume Okay, you're acting, you're doing something that's working towards you getting another job, right? So if you do all of the things you need to do, fixing your resume, looking online for jobs, talking to people about you know, what they do in their job, right? You're putting forth all of this energy, you're acting, you're doing, you're acting, you're doing, and you're slowly letting go of your attachment to your old job, you're finally allowing space to come in for things to change. And so with overthinking, you just need to act. And then, you know, that even stems with overcoming anxiety, you still need to act. So all of the things that plague us mentally, it's like the remedy is just for us to do something, to address it, to fix it, to get over it, to overcome it. And so those are all of the things that I've personally done for myself to overcome my anxiety and overthinking. I feel so much better today, I feel so much clearer today, and you know, my life is still constantly changing for the better because I've been prioritizing myself, I've been prioritizing my my mind, body, soul, spirit, and I've been acting, and I've been seeing the fruits of my, my actions bear. So I just wanna share this with you guys, and I hope it was very helpful to you, and please let me know what else you would like me to dive into or to talk about or whatever stories you want me to share. I'm here. And again, this is connecting the dots where, you know, we talk about various different topics, right? And our mind is the number one thing that we have to master in order for us to master everything else in our lives. So thank you. Thank you very much.